Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? Welcome, as always, to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. Now, you might notice that Josh Lee Kwai is not sitting next to me today, but no worries, because we have a very special episode with a very special guest. Now, if you've read the name of the episode title, you know who it is. But today, we're starting what I'm calling Commander Convos, a uh, way to catch up with our friends and folks around the community that we, of course, love and have been on our show in the past, as well as just want to see what they're up to, because, of course, they're making magic content as well during these crazy times. Now, Commander is a format that brings us all together, and I can't wait to talk to our guests. But before we get into it, we do have to let you know that this show is, of course, sponsored by the one and the only cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the affiliate link that you have to use if you're going to buy any magic product, seals, uh, sealed products, singles, what have you, because so many, gosh, there are so many sets coming out right now. It's kind of crazy. 2XM, Double Masters. We have Ikoria as well. Uh, you have those amazing triomes that I still have to pick up. So if you're going to do any of that, support the show while you're at it. Go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's everything you need. Of course, while you're there, you can also pick up some Ultra Pro products. Ultra Pro is also a sponsor of the show. We've been using their stuff now for eight plus years. I've had top loaders from when I was a little kid still work for me today. Ultra Pro makes the best stuff in the business for all of our content here at the Command Zone. By buying Ultra Pro products, you're also supporting the show. Pick up some Eclipse sleeves or maybe one of their awesome deck boxes. Protect your stuff wherever you go because your cards are worth it, and so are you. Okay, and the last way to support the show, of course, is at Patreon. You can support directly at patreon.com slash commandzone. Interact with Josh and myself as well as our other staff on our Discord at a certain level. We also have Kyle Hill sometimes pop up there. So if you ever want to send a question and talk to them live, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash command zone and we shout out one lucky patron every single week so this week's episode is dedicated to jamie edelin and because josh isn't here i will say jamie you rock all right let's get right into it our next guest needs no introduction i sound like david letterman now please welcome the one and only prof Oh, hello, Jimmy. I didn't see you there hovering in a window in the middle of my office. Yeah, How's that's it right. going? Yeah, I'm floating around. How's it going, Prof? It's been a while since we've talked. Uh, we actually had an episode like this, I think, about a year and a half ago where we talked about the philosophy of Commander, and I had such yes. a great time. 
That was uh, in the before times when we were able to be physically present with one another. But uh, this is the next best thing. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I thought what better way to kick this off than with one of our program's oldest friends. I think we've known each other now, Prof, going on four plus years. And it's always great to have you around. Uh, You're such a strong, prominent voice in the community. I thought it'd be a great place to start off and talk with you and just sort of catch up with you. So I think the question that is sort of like the most common question these days is, how are you doing? How are you operating within current circumstances? And, and how is your content coming right now? Wow, I, I guess it has been a while. You know, I knew you guys before you even had video when you were just an audio-only <laughs> podcast was yes. my, my, my first appearance. Uh, but yeah, it has been a while. And here we are. I, I guess it feels in a lot of ways like it's going back to the basics because I was just getting into the swing of of having guests out in person as this new phase and era of my channel. And that's gone away and might be away for a long time. So I feel a lot of what's going on now is getting back to my roots of just me, a camera and products to review or commentary to make. Now, one thing that a lot of people might not know, Prof, is that you as well have upgraded your studio, you've upgraded your setup, you've got a brand new place. And you're right, you know, you have this amazing sort of evolution of your program. And we here at the Command Zone obviously love that. But you're sort of now faced with the fact that things kind of have to go back to the old school style, which is really interesting. Has your video cadence been the same or any old ideas maybe that were sitting in the bank that now you're able to address? Uh, well, actually, the bank had to get cleared out because, like you said, one of the things about the new office space that I'm I'm in was that I wanted an emphasis on being able to have guests in person. I thought mm. that was one of the things that kind of might set me apart a little bit is being able to, you know, have people in person. <laughs> Boy, that was a good call on my part. And so uh, uh, the bank was cleared out because I was generating, I generate a lot of ideas, I write them all down, and they've actually all just gone to the wayside because it was all about, I should get this person out here. I should get this person out here. Right. We can do this. We can expand in this direction. Gameplay videos. I don't know, you know, and it's just like, nope, nope, none of that. So uh, we've gone back to the drawing board, back to the drawing board, as it were. Well, I feel you there. I feel like there's been a call to a lot of creators recently as well to be like, hey, you guys should try out this or try out that. And a lot of times it's like, well, we could and we would, but the current circumstances actually make it a bit harder because one, we can't have our editors in the office as often as much anymore. We have to really practice social distancing and making sure that we're able to work remotely. And that just adds layer upon layer of delay. So I definitely feel you there, Prof. Um, You know, you have been doing some magic content though and long inside the podcast world. I want to know, and I think a lot of people are asking this as well, when are you going to have a title for the Untitled MTG (laughs) podcast? Is it a Commander podcast? What exactly is it? I mean, some people may not even know it exists. Okay, I I need to... Everybody is asking me this, and I I get that maybe people didn't fully see what I was doing, but I (laughs) named it Untitled Magic the Gathering Podcast as a joke. That is the title. The title is Untitled Magic the Gathering Podcast. Ah. Everyone keeps saying, when are you going to title it? What is it? And the idea behind it was just, I've been doing Dies to Removal with Vince, and Vince is literally the the solid co-host of that show. If, If Vince couldn't do it anymore, I wouldn't like replace it's me and Vince is that show. And I wanted to be able to have a a conversational show with people that aren't Vince. And I didn't want it under the dice to removal banner. And so I just thought, well, 
I'll make a second podcast and I wanted it to be flexible. I wanted it to be able to allow a recurring co-host or brand new co-hosts each time. And I wanted to be able to talk about Commander or Modern or Popper. Haven't talked Popper yet, but soon Standard we talked about just the other day. Uh, and so I thought Untitled Magic the Gathering podcast to indicate that it doesn't have a solid focus or premise. It's just Magic the Gathering. And one week I might have uh, Emma Handy on talking about Commander. And then the next week I might have John Roberts on talking about how to evaluate your cards for standard decks, which I've done. Oh. Or I might have uh, your 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 buddies uh, 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 Ben Bateman and Alex Kessler on talking modern, which I have. And so it, I liked that flexibility about it. I liked the ability to... There's so many awesome people in the Magic the Gathering community, and there's people I'm yeah. friends with, and there's people I just want to be friends with. And I like, for example, that I can have Emma Handy, who is very well known... Uh, for being a pro, and we know her from the SCG tour and kind of 60-card formats, and to have her on to talk Commander, because she actually really loves Commander, and most people don't know that about her, and so she can come on here and talk Commander with us, or I can have people that maybe you haven't seen before, like, mm -hmm. like, like John, who is one of the most underrated Twitch streamers, and I encourage everybody to go check him out. He's so insightful, has such a keen understanding, does his own brews and all kinds of great stuff. And I can be able to say, hey, man, come on over here. Let's do an episode and and we can talk about how to evaluate cards for standard. I've had, like I said, people like like Kessler on. I just had a, a, a brand new person to the community, uh, a Princess, on to talk about what it's like being a new Commander player. I guess a lot of the topics have been commander just because commander's so hot right now and i think yeah. that's because of you guys if, <laughs> if, if i were interviewing if i were interviewing you i'd ask you how does it feel to know that you're probably very directly responsible for the surge in popularity that commander has taking it well above draft i would say yeah you know it's it's quite an interesting thing to think about right um you know when we first started and i'm sure you've had this same conversation with yourself it's like we're just gonna do this thing because a we love it and b we want to highlight things we love about it and c we want to also bring other people to the forefront that share that same love and you know i'm i'm a very i'm someone that's very keen on seeing content out there that inspires other people to make more stuff or inspires people to get into something. And I would say that's the most heartwarming comment that we usually receive is because of you guys and your team, I've gotten into Commander. I've gotten my significant other into Commander. And now we've started playing Magic every single night. And, you know, I think it's interesting too because in doing this podcast for five years, we've run into a lot of the same problems you just elucidated there, which is sometimes people do kind of want to box you into one thing or they're used to yeah. your content being one thing. And I'm someone that's done YouTube for a long time. And I know that that's definitely a problem that a lot of YouTubers and content creators have, which is how do I escape my own almost prison, you know, of what right. I've done content wise. And so I like the fact that you're able to have a new podcast. I love the fact that you're bringing new voices to the forefront. Um, one of the things that I think has been the common criticisms of sort of what magics and magic and, and hobbies like this are is that sometimes we can be a little bit gatekeepy with what we're doing. This is my hobby, not yours. And I think being able to show new voices and make content around how to play Commander and just sort of the basics can be the thing that actually is really needed. Um, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is the fact that we did do a lot of you know, mana-based tutorials and how to build decks correctly, but that was four, three years ago. 
you know, maybe there is a time to update that and to not feel bad that's content you've already done because as the years go on, new players enter the game and they're going to be looking for that store of stuff. So I do commend you on, you know, sort of stretching your wings out here and giving more voices and opportunities to people around the community. Yeah, it's uh, also, to be perfectly honest with you, Jimmy, I'm a very lonely guy, and it's really nice <laughs> to be able. Oh, no. I mean, I live here, like, where you see me right now, this space, I'm in the office six, sometimes seven days a week, from morning till night, working on videos, and it's usually just me with a deck box and a hammer. So... Uh, <laughs> it's just very nice like right now this is the this is my social activity right i'm technically at work doing this with you but this is the most conversation with someone who isn't living in my household that i'm gonna have with anyone uh uh this week aside from maybe some uh doordash uh people that get caught up in me asking how the weather is <laughs> so uh it's wonderful to be able to get to hang out with some of these awesome people in the Magic the Gathering community. And, and I, I, I've, I like being able to highlight people. I like also being able to bring in people that maybe are known but are not known for uh, certain aspects of the game and show that multifaceted aspect that we all right. have. And I'm sure you guys more than anything know, like how'd that episode where you and Josh talked about Arena go, that you get <laughs> pigeonholed. And people are like, this isn't Commander. Well, you're allowed to like other parts of the game, for goodness sakes. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look, I think when you're precious about something, <laughs> right, whether or not it's your Lego collection or your hobby or you love how you, you know, going fishing even, right, there's always going to be a part of us, I think, that wants to hold on to why it's so special to us and why we're there for the thing that it is. Um, and, you know, as content creators, we certainly appreciate everyone that understands when we want to breach out a little bit and expand into other territories. Um, you know, what you said about being lonely, of course, strikes me because it, this is a time when a lot of people really do not have as much social interaction as they've had before. And the gathering part of it isn't there. And yeah. you're a content creator. You know, we've seen you on in response to your old debate series with Josh. We've seen you on mm -hmm. Game Nights. We've seen you on your newest two podcasts now. I want to know about you more, Prof, as the content creator, the person that is stuck at home sitting and editing and pushing out these videos every day because a lot of people don't understand the sort of the process that goes behind it and the number of hours and the bleary-eyed nights that we have editing our videos. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about you, your content, um, how you even grade stuff and how you want to take it to the future. But let's, let's first talk about product, right? You're known on the internet as a product reviewer. You've sort of had the authoritative voice for a long time now, because one, you present it in a really fun and cheerful way. And also, you know, people are looking for that kind of advice when it comes to using their money on something because we don't want to make an ill-informed purchase. So what's your overview on product these past few years? I mean, as we go into a state of the world where we play less and less physically, do you think that's going to sort of affect the things that are happening, the products you're able to review? Or do you think there are sort of new trends that have emerged as a result of everything? Well, I, I definitely am seeing uh, the trend being towards Commander product for sure. I, I remember when I started out that being able to just find deck boxes that would hold 100 single-sleeved <laughs> card decks was yep. often problematic. There was only a couple. It was, it was unheard of to do that. And then to be able to find deck boxes that would hold 100 double-sleeved uh, cards for Commander was also difficult in these days. It almost feels like an afterthought for them to make deck boxes for 75 cards, a 60 card standard plus sideboard or modern or popper sort of, you know, typical 
what we used to call typical magic deck. Yeah. And so I really see the trend being towards commander and commander players also, they they do like to have nice quality things. And so they're often more willing to spend for better quality, better materials, better craftsmanship. Whereas somebody who's just going down to draft, say, maybe the, those old little $2 plastic thin deck boxes, doesn't matter. You're just using it to hold your cards as you go from table to table right. over the course of a night. And that's not a big deal. But when you've got your X number of dollars foiled out, send triplets, commander deck, eh, maybe spending 20, 30 bucks on a really good, cool deck box is well worth it to you. And so that also, I think, allows manufacturers more leeway. Where, Honestly, when I started out, I think that if Ultra Pro or, or uh, well, Ultimate Guard wasn't even around back then. Max Protection was then. Well, they, they, I don't know. But uh, uh, <laughs> any of those companies, any of those companies were to have made some of the products that are made today, I think people's reaction might have been, why would I spend that much money on a deck box? And now uh. it's becoming like the gold standard. And I think that is in part due to commander players. Wow, that's a really interesting analysis. You know, now that you're saying it, it all becomes much more clear to me. I remember when the the Aaron Kane custom wooden deck boxes yes. sort of emerged onto the market and all of a sudden there was this new established tier of like really ultra premium goods for your commander deck boxes. And I feel like that sort of elevated the rest of the product community. Is there anything that you're waiting for? You think like, is there any product that you would call the one, you know, that, that the there's one. a gap for it, but we still haven't seen it yet? Uh, I tell you, uh, and I'm not just saying this because they're your sponsor. Because goodness knows, I've I've taken them to task. But I think the <laughs> most difficult thing, I, I think the most difficult thing is to ever beat the Ultra Pro Satin Tower because the simplicity of that product is why it's endured over the years. It's usually about 10, 11 bucks, uh, depending on on where you get it at, and that can hold over 100 double-sleeved cards. There's a little extra room for tokens, which Mm -hmm. is nice. It's got the detachable little dice and counter tray. And every different player has different needs, and uh, that is evident, but it's very hard to beat the price and the function of that. And so when you talk about the one... I, I really always just go back to the Satin Tower in many ways. As, Interesting. You know, we can make some $30. I, I just reviewed a $30 deck box. That's incredible. But that's three Satin Towers or two and a half Satin Towers. And for a lot of people, that's really just the way to go. I think that having room for tokens and having room for people like using inner sleeves that are uh, the the KMC uh, hards oh, or the Dragon yes, Shield yes. resealable inners, these make the deck larger and they don't fit in typical boxes and also just I mean come on how many commander decks can you name that need about 20 tokens and commander players want to get the right tokens with the right artwork and the right maybe even custom tokens that they picked up at a magic fest in the before times in there (laughs) and so a deck box that just holds 100 double sleeved cards isn't enough. Uh, they they need room for a lot of tokens. Right. And I think that that might be, you know, we need like the equivalent of the Satin Tower with a, an extra couple inches on it for all of those tokens and such. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's something I have yet to see as a lot. I'm seeing little signs of it. I just did a couple where it's like, oh, the 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 dice tray. This is what we're starting to see is that the the removable dice tray. They're starting to size them so that instead of dice, you can put sleeved cards in it, and that's right. a good place for like 15 sleeved tokens uh, if you want to forgo having dice. Which that's cool. It's a step in the right direction. 
I think that we're going to see more and more catering to commander players, though, because that's the way of the future right now. You know, that reminds me a lot of being a YouTuber back in the day uh, when everyone was sort of trying to like, hey, you want to make videos, you're going to need a camera, a lens, and some sort of sound recording device. And when you're online and you're doing the searches, right, you're trying to find what's the best bang for your buck. That was the main thing. You wanted to find something that was able to match a certain quality level, have the things that you need, the absolute bare minimums, but also be at the lowest price point. So that definitely seems like one of the more competitive sides in the market. And I can see why the Sand Power Tower is enduring. It was maybe one of my first purchases when I came back into Magic. Because you look at it and you go, that's everything I kind of need in one thing. It carries my, my, my deck. I can fit everything. I can put my dice up below it. And I can just take just that and I'm good to go. Yeah, and especially when I, I mean, like, depending on 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 where you're getting it from, I can see them at like twelve ninety nine, eleven ninety nine. But when you start looking at that price range, it, it, it's just so hard to find anything comparable to that. And you know, there are amazing forty dollar deck boxes, but that's forty dollars, right? And so, it, 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 to me, it's the gold standard. And uh, I I personally might use a lot of other things. Like I really got into. I have so many commander decks that being able to get rid of that little dice compartment and go with ultimate guard boulders, which are small and compact. Ah. And I turned my space, my play space, where I had at one point 10 satin towers and turning that into 10 boulders gained me half a table. That's amazing. Uh, and, and, and that felt really good. <laughs> and that's why I like those. But, you know, magic players are very particular people and they want what is special and unique to them. And so I don't think that there's ever going to be one ultimate fits every player deck box. And that's a good thing. It means companies can keep innovative and and keep bringing out things for people. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Well, now, now that we're talking about the gold standard and sort of the review metrics, let's talk about the way that you grade on your channel because I think this is something really interesting and fascinating and something that I actually am in support of because you opt for what you defined as a looser grading criteria. You call it a mm-hmm. gut grade as opposed yes. to like a strict rubric of like, if X is this, then this is the number it gets. So what's the reasoning behind this? And do you think that viewers might find that this makes you more unreliable or does this actually make you more human? Uh, well, I'd hope it makes me a little bit more human. Uh, I understand I think it does, by the... the way. Yeah, I understand the the desire for there to be like a strict rubric because especially magic players, we want that concept of of uh, uh, pragmatism, I think. But I find that it's more important to go by what is a product's thesis. So hmm. if this product is trying to be, uh, for example, I just reviewed a product that uh, called itself the 300 plus and it didn't hold 300 plus cards unless they were single sleeved but it's a company that's famous for double sleeved uh, 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 sleeves and and promoting this idea and and I felt that it was in violation of its own thesis oh, that only holding 260 double sleeved cards really like you're saying you're the 300 plus which implies over 300 and you're a, a sleeve manufacturer that emphasizes ultimate protection you would think that that indicates double sleeved cards and i felt that that was a bit of a letdown and i did let that affect the grade that i gave at the end as well as many other factors and i like to apply that feeling of just what does it feel like as a consumer my testing process despite all the shaking and pounding you see on camera my testing process is really i get a product 
product and I use it. I yeah. just use it. I throw it in my backpack. I go down to play with it. I put it on the desk uh, or the table at the local game store in the before times. Now I walk to my table and take it out and stuff. But I, I try and just use it like a player uses the product and take note of it and then just base what my feeling is on this. And then I do some stress tests to try and help determine if it's likely to fall apart in a year or two mm -hmm. or if it's likely to spill my cards out everywhere. And those aren't always the end-all be-all. I've had sleeves that won't pass the stretch test, but I know from just playing with them and testing them, they're not going to split when being shuffled and I, I, I've had them extensively used and they haven't split. And it right. just so happens when I apply pressure like this that they do split. And, and people are like, why'd you give it a good grade if it's split? And I'm like, because that's not the criteria. That's just one thing. It, it's, it, it doesn't say everything. It maybe says something. Right. But it's really about just what my feeling as an almost casual player for the product is. And my one regret is actually that I even give grades at all. I wish I just stopped at that point in the video. And if you picture my reviews, when I get to the end and I summarize it and I offer my thoughts, I wish there was no grade because my grade doesn't matter. It's the individual customer's grade that matters. And hopefully my video showed the product from different angles. Maybe you think my tests are silly. I've had people say, oh, you shake a deck box. Why don't you throw it on the floor and see if that pops it open? That's fair. I don't think that there's that's unfair. That's just what I do. And so maybe you disagree with me. Hmm. As long as the money you spend gets you the product that best fits your needs, agree or disagree with me, I'm happy. I just don't want people wasting money and I'm trying to offer information to people that they lack when you're looking at a product sealed in a case on a shelf and can't open it and test it out. And, and that's really, at the end of the day, my goal. And so, yeah, I don't have this straight sort of rubric because I don't feel the products, there are products that are excellent that would get, it's like, you know, ding, doesn't do this. Ding, doesn't do this. I'm not doing, you know, MTG deck box sins here where right. I make ridiculous, you know, complaints about things that, that aren't applicable to just playing with the box. So I just play with the box. I play with the cards and I see what happens. I think that's really important, um, the amount of nuance that goes into it, right? And there's just so much that people aren't going to be able to see if they're looking at it in the store or even online and it's far from them. They can't get that hands-on experience. I mean, especially yeah. during these days, I'm not going to go into a store right. and ask to manhandle something and then give it back to them and decide, no, I don't want to buy it. So I think what you're doing right. with that, right, again, you're, you're not trying to appeal to the 1% of people who are going to put it under a tank. You're, you're, you're trying to feel it out for the 99.9% .9 of players that are going to just use it as a casual player and sort of put it through that testing and the rigmarole there. Um, I, I think it's really interesting, too, that you talk about the responsibility a bit that we have as these reviewers or purveyors of product because we don't want people to waste money, right? right? And I think it's really important to us as influencers and creators that we're not giving false information, that we're not luring someone into something that isn't actually true because that's sort of our responsibility, our sort of innate contract that we have when we create content for others to consume and to follow. So do you make recommendations lightly if you know that, you know, you have the pressures, right? You're telling someone someone else what they should buy. How does right. that affect you? I mean, how does it affect you when you are dealing with a product that you know is going to get a bad grade and it's going to potentially hurt your relationship with the company that sent you the product? You know, what, what goes through your head during these more, I, I would say, challenging scenarios? 
Those aren't, I, uh, you know, they're, they're corporations, Jimmy, they can take it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I'm not like, oh no, is Ultra Pro going to be mad at me now? Or is Ultimate Guard going to be mad? I mean, I just had a product from Ultimate Guard and, and they were a company that I've given a lot of positive grades to. And, and then I had a product from them that I gave a negative grade to. And I, I, I it didn't care because it's what the, the product was to me and people right. can see it and test it for themselves. Yeah, the only time I ever felt bad was in the very early days. Uh, there was somebody that had kind of a custom made-at-home product, and uh, I was uh, actually through a independent sponsor that just sold products. They wanted me to review this kind of Etsy-like product, and it was terrible. <laughs> and it was like uh, the dye came off. It was leather, and the leather was was just. I, I we had people who worked with leather in the comments explaining how it was just very badly constructed and i found that a slightly damp uh towel if i ran it over it that the dye came off because oh, they didn't no. water seal it and i thought oh no like i mean i was living in san francisco at the time we get a lot of uh, mist in the air and uh there was all kinds of other issues with it and i i had to give it uh, a negative review and that's one of the instances i i point to where i had technically been paid to, to do that review. And I, I told people don't buy this, but right. it, it, it put like, as far as I know, the, 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 the person who made that, it put an end to his, his making of, of product. Uh, and, and I feel very like that definitely, like I'm all about independent business and, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I love, like you mentioned Aaron Kane and I've had leaf kicker acrylic boxes and just fantastic stuff. And I love that these are not corporations. They're just individuals working and on their craft, right. uh, in their, their little, you know, home workshops and stuff. And so that one was definitely it was it was very devastating. But you have to do it because the dye was coming off when it got just slightly damp. I, I mean, it had to. I can't just be like, oh, well, it's a nice guy, which he was. But you've got to say the truth. And I, I, you know, we had the incident with KMC sleeves, which they used to be one of my favorites. Yeah, and the company changed there. factories. They changed factories, uh, uh, and the formula got you know, uh, for a while just ruined. And I had to, mm -hmm. to, to warn people about like, you, you can't buy these right now. They're, they're splitting like crazy. And you know, that it, it, it makes me feel bad that people were looking at old reviews and buying KMCs. And so I had to do a new review, like you mentioned earlier, updating your, your things, which is right. now why I revisit, uh, uh products. Cause sometimes the first line, of a product is really good, and then an additional line is not as good. And I try and keep up to date on that as best I can. But that's always my biggest worry is just that I'll, I will be recommending something that then a new iteration of comes out and I isn't see. as good, and there's no way to tell, and maybe the company isn't going to tell me. But I, I just have to try my best, and I'm not. I'm worried about the viewer, not the corporation. Right. I worry about my viewers first and foremost. That's, yeah. that's what's on my mind. I think that's it's pretty honorable. Um, and you're right, right? Like the corporations can take it. Um, and, you know, to a degree yeah. as well, on the flip side of that, that first uh, Etsy review that you did there, in a lot of ways, if someone is trying to broach their way into this industry and someone comes to them and says, hey, X, Y, and Z not working, actually not working to the point of failure, it is right. really important for people to know because that is sort of the gut check that a lot of us need sometimes when making content. It, it is a, a tough pill to swallow sometimes, especially in the creative worlds when you're receiving feedback that doesn't sit well with you, but may ultimately be very true. Um, mm -hmm. 
But, you know, I think it's just one of the, the things that comes with the territory. So it's good to know that you've been reflective about it in the past. It's certainly something that Josh and I are very aware of constantly, which is what are people saying? What does that mean about our content? Even if it wasn't a criticism, if they were asking a question, does that mean that they didn't understand something? So we're trying right. to always sort of think it through. And like you said, it's all about the viewers. It's all about their experience because ultimately we make the content, yes, a bit for ourselves but we do it for them too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, they're the ones who keep the lights on. Yes. So uh, at, at the end of the day, so that's that's really what it's about. But yeah, I, I remember in the early days when I was, uh, when my favorite sleeve was KMC's, and these were very early days, there were people who were accusing me of taking money on the back end from KMC. I remember one comment <laughs> in particular is like, oh, KMC must be lining this guy's pockets. Right. And I'm like, no, I've never gotten a penny from any of you of these companies and such. It's 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 the viewers that are lining my pockets. Right. And so it's the viewers who I, I really ultimately have to keep, you know, happy. Uh, if if Ultimate Guard gets upset about a bad review and wants to stop sending me a product for evaluation, well, that's why I have a fund for just purchasing it myself. It'll get reviewed no matter what. Evaluation sample or no. Yeah. And that's really all 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 that I ever get from them is hopefully a evaluation sample so for ease of being able to produce the reviews in a timely fashion but yeah. that's that's really it yeah definitely a delicate balance to make there all right uh before we get into the rest of the episode we're gonna be talking about some really spicy things including what's it like working with corporations like wizards of the coast both something that prof and i have a bit of history in but before that secrets revealed revealed yes yes there you go <laughs> but before we do that we're going to take a quick mid-roll break and hear from our sponsors Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back, joined by one of my favorite people on the planet, the professor at Tulare Community College, uh, someone that has been a friend of the channel for a very long time. And we're just talking commander, we're talking magic, we're talking what it's like to be a content creator in the industry. And I think one of the things that is quite often misunderstood or not framed correctly in a lot of people's minds is the way that relationships between influencers and creators work with larger companies. Now, both of us have had our share of working with alongside uh, Wizards of the Coast or other companies in sort of the gaming space. So let's break that down a little bit more. Now, for yeah, you, Prof, let's, let's let's say a company comes to you with a product that wants to give you free product. What is your stance on how do you how do you approach this relationship? Because I think they understand as well as you do that what they give you may not necessarily come back with an A plus or the top grade, right? 
Yeah, and I, I stress that now in my my letters. Where uh, so first of all, uh, I do get free product from companies, but what's important to note, and that I very much hope viewers at home understand, is I don't care. I don't. I can't pay the rent with a free deck box from Ultra Pro or <laughs> Ultimate Guard or whatever. Card sleeves do not put gas in my car, right, so right. I, I I don't care. And I buy tons of these products myself when an evaluation sample is not available. That's what I just call them. It's a sample for evaluation. It helps the process out. It also makes it a little bit so like if they have five different colors, I might pick up two. And, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, you know, they, they'll be like, let's send him five. I might not even show off all five colors. I, You know, it's not an ad for them. I have right. no obligation to even, I have companies send me things and I don't review it because I'm not interested in it. And I don't think viewers have an interest in it. But when a, con when a company contacts me and they says, how can we get you to review our product? I reply, just let me know it exists and I will get a hold of it. If you have a sample for evaluation, uh, you can send it to my PO box and I will absolutely take it in, but you have to acknowledge that there's no obligation for me to actually review it right. and that my reviews are critical. I might tell people not to buy this, et cetera, et cetera. And that's really what's important. Uh, I had a company once that really did think uh, this was a long time ago, like half a decade or more ago. Oh, wow. And they really did think that sending me a few boxes was like a sponsorship. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, sponsorships are green, as in money's green. That, that that's These are deck boxes. And and so I did my review, and it was actually a positive review, but they, they wanted me to like literally do an ad, and they wrote me back, and they're like, you didn't say our company motto or go into, and I'm like, why would I say your company <laughs> motto? Uh, no. And, and they're like, well, we sent you those boxes. And I'm like, I'll mail them back tomorrow. I don't care. Right. Uh, uh, this was a review of your product. I don't work for you and I won't work for you. Um, and so that is uh, an important aspect to it. Most companies these days, they either are happy to send me evaluation samples and understand the process or they choose not to. And there's a few companies and I'm not going to say who because uh, it doesn't matter to me. Right. Uh, uh, I give I give A grades when I don't get uh, an evaluation sample and I'll, I'll fail a product that I did get an evaluation sample. It's no concern of mine. Some companies feel, well, we're just not going to bother. And I understand and I respect that. I really do. And then other companies are like, we're proud of what we make and we're going to send it out there, even if it gets a bad review. And he says to people not to buy it. And I get, you know, giant packages and, and I use what I want to use for the videos. But that's really the extent of it. Yeah, you know, in a weird way, this kind of reminds me of the way that we do card evaluations on the channel, where we will look at a card and just straight up say, this is not good, or this isn't <laughs> as good as you're thinking it is because of X, Y, and Z, or this is way underrated. We think it's great because of these things. And, you know, when Wizards designs cards, I don't think they're making them with the idea that like, well, I hope everyone out there reviews these well in their set reviews on YouTube. And I think a lot of companies have to sort of approach the way they make product the same way. I also think something that people might not understand is that a lot of the companies, right, just from your story that you told me there, companies come in all sorts of different shapes, sizes, oh, yeah. and how long they've been around, how many people are working there, what their manufacturing experience is, yada, yada, yada. And when we say companies, I think it's a little misleading because it, it does just portray an idea of a company. And... You know, I didn't even really understand what the company was until I started creating my own. And even then I right. realized, wow, just how different my company is from your company, for instance, or any of the other Magic creator creators out there or any of the other YouTube creators out there. So 
I think there's a lot more sort of murkiness in terms of understanding like, hey, you know, when something comes from someone, when someone makes something or does something, you know, whether it's a Kickstarter or a two-person startup or just one person in their garage woodworking, there's so many different factors that go into what is making the thing that ultimately ends up in your hands. Absolutely. And that's uh, very important to, to remember as well. And I also think that the same can be said for content creators, because what applies to you and me might not apply to someone else. And I don't think that, again, going back to that idea of a rubric, you know, mm-hmm. someone out there that maybe is very happy to be getting products for uh, evaluation from a company and and then, you know, maybe gives them away to their, their viewers and, and or sells them uh, for, you know, getting some extra funds or anything like that. Like, I I don't believe I think it's as a creator you have to do what's right for you right. first and foremost and that to like like I would never look at another creator I would be aghast at myself if I I were to look at another creator and be like they're not operating as I operate therefore they are wrong it's like no what's it's what's right for you as a creator for me based upon my history and how I operate that's my thoughts on it but you know uh, uh, whatever works for you and whatever is important for you, that's what you have to follow. You have to make that content so that it, it reflects you and is something that you, you are, are proud of. And that could mean a different criteria than what you or I use. Right. Okay. Let's get a little deep here. I think you made yeah, a really good deep. point. A really, really good point, right? We need to do what makes us the happiest. We need to make the content that we want to make. And, you know, we can have some uh, amount of the community and our, and our fellow uh, followers and viewers dictate a little bit of that. But overall, right, we never want to cede control all the way over to someone else because it's our content and we're the ones putting the hours in and making it all work at the end of the day. However, right. we're all making content for a game that is, in a lot of ways, beyond our control, Right. Right. Wizards of the Coast has Boy, been around howdy. <laughs> for a, quite a long time. And as we constantly sort of see the anger spurred up on the internet for any number of reasons, right? Some, of course, very legitimate reasons as well as some very non-legitimate reasons. I think it's, it's let's, let's discuss what it is like to work with a company like Wizards because I think this is honestly unlike any other game company in the world, the relationship that they have with their creators and the way that they sort of fold everyone into a larger family when possible. And I say this as someone that has openly worked with Wizards in the past. I've hosted for them at multiple PAXs. I've done their M21 reveal, which just happened recently. And I've, you know, I've just worked with them in a number of ways, as well as, you know, Game Nights is a show that's sponsored by the company. So I think the thing that has always been really interesting to me is that Wizards is a much, much larger company than almost any other company I've ever worked with. And every single time that we interact with them in a different way, I find myself talking to a whole group of new people because there is a different group of people coordinating the live production at the PAX as opposed to a filmed production of an M21 reveal. And I think there's something there that is really interesting because you know, we often look at wizards, I think, and say, hey, they're in control of everything. They know exactly what they're doing and this, this and that. And, you know, I would be remiss to say that, of course, there are going to be times when working with a company like this, there are pain points, there are communication mishaps. And I think maybe what I've come to realize is that even though we as creators are in full control of what we do, and we think that, you know, we're all making (laughs) content for a game that we have almost no control over, 
within that company, there are so many different passionate voices in different areas that it's so hard to just paint it all with one brush if you're ever going to talk about the company or talk about the game because there's so much that happens. We know that the, the teams that are making standard and testing it are different than the teams that are developing for Commander. And that right there is, a, I think, a big enough gap to say, like, holy moly, there is a lot more going on behind the scenes that maybe I wasn't taking full accounting for. Well, I'll have to take your word for it because I'm, that's all a word. No, I'm serious though. Like, like everything you just described, I don't have involvement in. Right. Uh, I, uh, you've, you are invited to, and, and kudos to, uh, uh, to, uh, to you. You are invited to do things like literally be on the stage at PAX revealing Kaladesh and mm. to be in their official Wizards of the Coast videos, you know, with, with Rosewater, you know, introducing new ideas, new cards, new products, things like that. And that's awesome. And you're a perfect person for that. But I'm not in that world. And my communication and relationship with Wizards of the Coast is, fundamentally different. Right. Uh, I've never received one dollar uh, from them in any capacity. And uh, uh, the the biggest thing that's ever happened to me from Wizards of the Coast actually happened just this year where they came on my channel to announce two products that were coming out, which was a bit of an experiment, I think, for them. And I don't know that it will be it'll it'll necessarily even be repeated uh, because it my channel may not be the best platform for that. And I, I honestly want to say this, too, which is I get why I would not be who you ask to be on the stage at PAX <laughs> for, for many reasons. <laughs> beyond even my own my own awkwardness and lack of charisma for that type of a production but also right. <laughs> you do not want the guy who is saying about half your products don't buy this it's it's too expensive it's not a good product or or who is calling you to task on 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 many an issue mm -hmm. to be somebody that you necessarily direct traffic towards that doesn't make me an enemy of them but that isn't exactly who you stick on the cereal box as it were and <laughs> yeah that's a good way of putting it I, I, get, I totally get that. Like, uh, I, I'm impressed that they give me preview cards, and I I go a little nuts with my preview card, you know, uh, 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 videos. I, I've got a banger of one coming up for Double Masters. I just uh, uh, said the skit idea to another creator, and they said they'll never work with you again. And I said I beg to differ. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but but my experience is a very non. I, I'm on the other end of it, where I will will hear from wizards in a very nebulous way kind of like like I will get asked almost off the record questions occasionally not not actually off the record but it'll just be like what would you think of something? What, what, how would you be angry about this? Right, you know, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and not that it affects them, but but occasionally they'll say, "I'm curious your thoughts on this." If you feel like giving them, and and it's that's very very seldom. Uh, when I do preview videos, I never hear back about them. I've never once heard like, "Hey, great job" or anything <laughs> like that on a preview video. I don't know if that's uh, by I the way. I don't know if anyone ever hears back from them. I think yeah, we just that, rely on the audience feedback personal. for those. <laughs> right, right, uh, but. So my relationship with them is 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 much more like I think Roger Ebert's was with maybe the film industry, right? Where you know he was on the outside looking in, and I think that's great. It's important to have people on that end of the spectrum, just as it's vital to have people like you and Josh on your end of the spectrum. And by the way, I don't even mean that to imply that. I mean, you guys are 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 far more critical of Wizards of the Coast than you get credit for. 
Uh, and I think that a lot of times the fact that Game Nights is sponsored by them, people are very quick to dismiss you as just being almost like, you know, a, a, a product of Wizards of the Coast, but it's right. actually the reverse. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, I honestly believe as a critic, as an observer of this game and the community, that in no small part, the explosion of Commander is because of what you and Josh have done. And the money that that makes for Wizards of the Coast, which is extraordinary, can be attributed to content that you created that wasn't even sponsored by them in the in the old days when mm -hmm. you were stoking the flames, as it were. And there there's value to creators of all different varieties and such, but I have seen tons of, of, of critical feedback in your podcasts. One in particular, I remember not this year's, but last year's worst mistakes in magic that you guys did. I think you might have not been out of the country on that one still. DJ was there with right. Josh. But I remember in particular that uh, uh, Josh was going on about reprints in the Commander Precons that year. And I think DJ was like, ah, oh, it was okay. And Josh goes, no, it's not okay. They could have put a fetch land in each of these. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Josh, get him. <laughs> and, and, but, but also, I also made note of that. And I said, gee, I bet Reddit isn't going to say, see, these guys will still say whatever they, they, they feel, right. even though Watsi sponsors game nights, which is absolutely true. You do still say whatever you feel, even though Watsi is one of many sponsors of game nights, including patrons at home. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's the same sort of, it's the same sort of thing, you, you know, whether you are on, on that end of the spectrum where they're working very closely with Watsi. On my end, Watsi is 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 not. I've never been really asked about specific products. Like I've never been taken. I've heard other creators have been like invited up to the mothership to like look at something well before it comes out and hear feedback. I've never been invited for anything like that. I, I really do have very minimal contact. In fact, just last year, I thought I had been blacklisted by them. <laughs> I thought I had been like shadow banned by them because just because I hadn't heard from them in 10 months sort right. of thing. And and I, I, I just was like, well, they must be done with me. And I don't know that I blame them. But then this year, I, I had Mark Rosewater on the channel and I had Blake come and preview two products which went interestingly and uh you know this was the year where they worked with me more more than ever with those two actions but now we're back to to, to i'm not really hearing from them at all now so it, it's just i think i'm not a part of that paradigm i think that i'm it's not a malicious thing yeah. i worried at one point i genuinely did worry at one point that there was a malice mm -hmm. on their end and that just made me sad because i love Magic the Gathering, obviously. This is all my love of this game that has been a lifelong love. Uh, and so the idea that the company that makes the thing that you love doesn't love you back can feel bad, but I don't currently think that's true. I think that I'm just so far outside the system in what I have to be on my channel. I mean, right. like that product, the the Ultimate Edition Fetchlands that was review was revealed on my channel i had to tell people in my next video not to buy and that i thought it was a huge mistake and so i get it why would you want to work like why like i get it it makes sense but i also think that there's a value to what i do and i think some of them know that and that there is uh, you know there's trying to find that that relationship and that balance you know i would way. argue that a lot of them know that I do believe that there is a lot of understanding as we move forward in this world, in this ever-evolving climate, that what we're doing is a part of the discourse and it's part of a necessary 
sort of element of what today's society is about, right? It's a, we are becoming yeah. a world that is about accountability, about visibility, and about representation. And that is something that if a company cannot keep up with it, then they are dooming themselves to their own failures, right? I think like any company that wants to make a game first and foremost for the players and is a company made by the players better as heck understand that when they're doing stuff publicly, it needs to be accepted and welcomed by the players as well. And a lot of the things that have happened this year, I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if your videos did have an impact on the way that the secret layers work in the future because it is not... When you say something out into the world, it's not like you are uh, uh, Jude Law in Contagion or whatever that pandemic movie is where he's the the lone conspiracy theorist, the nut job out in the fringes delivering Uh crazy radical messaging. No, you are saying and being the voice and representative of a lot of people's voices out there, especially during a time period where like, hey, the unemployment rate is higher than ever and we are a premium priced collectible hobby game. And I think that without having voices like yours, right, we need a spectrum. And if you don't have that spectrum, then you're not representing also what all the players want. And I'm someone, for instance, when they hire me to go host for something, I have plenty of opinions about Magic. And I've let them be known on the channel multiple times. But when I'm being hired to go host for something, that is not the time for me to go out there and make a public stand about something. Because I found that in my career and across all of my social sort of my 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 time i've expended on social media that it is not sometimes the we josh and i will say this the juice is the juice worth the squeeze and right. i like to say this is like sometimes you need to fight lose a battle and win the war you know and not focus on the battles necessarily and i find that a lot of this sort of in my head i constantly have to be working into how do i want to affect the change in the world the best how do i want to do so in a way also that creates a positive leadership mentality and and sets an example for everyone else because if i just went out there and just went nuts and just was critical openly malicious or angry vitriolic i'm not going to be any better than the people that i didn't want in this community to begin with because i don't think that's the right kind of example to set for people that want to ultimately enact change in the world or to have fun with their game so i feel like you and i are both in similar positions and josh as well and just people in the content creation community where it's like we are tasked with making stuff that we love for a game that we love, but we still need to be the humans behind all of that. But we need to do so in a way that I think creates a positive example for those watching us, not necessarily one that fulfills the darkest desires of the most vocal detractors. I, I agree completely. And uh, as far as your example of like why you wouldn't go out on stage like at, at, at PAX and then suddenly uh, uh, start venomously criticizing Wizards <laughs> of the Coast uh, is It would exactly also ruin my was, career. I'll yeah. say that much. No company would ever want to hire me. <laughs> right. You also wouldn't have any... That's not the right venue. I mean, can you imagine the audience, too, that like they've come there to like see the new set revealed? Yeah. And, and, and they're on PAX. Some of them took vacations not only from across the country, but possibly even it flew in from other countries. And then you go up there on an angry tirade about reprints or something like that. And, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, man that's the not room, the appropriate buddy. place <laughs> come on come on jimmy uh and that's the exact same thing like i said i had the opportunity to announce in addition to signature spellbook chandra uh, a secret layer ultimate edition on the channel and in the announcement video i did not start screaming at Blake while he was here about my <laughs> problems with that product. Right. Because that was the announcement video and people were very upset that I didn't 
yell at this guy who also Blake did not create the product and and Blake was actually the person who pushed behind the scenes to announce it on my channel and felt that that was a relationship worth having mm-hmm. and and people were like one person was like you should have thrown your coffee in his face what? Jeez, are you Louise. crazy we're also we're talking about signature spellbook Chandra I, I flew Christine Sprankle out to, to, to make her return uh, on the channel and a little skit about it and everything it was supposed to be a fun positive video and then in a couple weeks I I, I I let loose with my feelings about right. that product because there's the announcement and then there's the criticism and there's the appropriate place for it and 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 such. And at the end of the day, I love Magic the Gathering. I, I think it should be more accessible because I want more people to play it. That's one of my personal causes. And so it doesn't come from hating this game and certainly not the people who make it, especially when you were talking about this giant, corporation of of people earlier and it's true you don't even know what some of these people are doing behind the scenes my example being blake who is on the channel and he got an unbelievable amount of Mm. heat for 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 secret layer ultimate edition as though he had designed it and priced it and it's like you have no idea what this guy is doing behind the scenes he's actually someone who fights very passionately for the player i happen to know mm-hmm. and and just because his job is that he has to come forward and announce the product you know it's it's just these are are human beings and it's a company and i'll say this about wizards too there are a lot of corporations in this world. In fact, everything in your house was probably made by a corporation, your clothing that you're wearing. And out of those corporations, Wizards of the Coast is far from perfect and puts its foot in its mouth like crazy and makes mistakes like crazy <laughs> and does a lot of things wrong as well. But out of all those corporations that have affected every part of your life, I think that Wizards of the Coast is more likely to at least listen to you and the mistakes and the errors that they do while at times mind-bending it can feel like they're still going to hold the meeting to say people are upset about this is there a way we can maybe be better yeah and uh, you know and maybe they won't get it right the first 10 times and people get very upset about that but i say well hell at least that like pepsico isn't going to answer your tweets at all so yeah it's something and uh, I, you know, I think that 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 is something and i'm not saying that to excuse or, right. or even yes, defend. Yes, I'm yes, just yes, saying, yes. let's be realistic here. They're having the conversation. They're sitting down at the table with you. Well, you know, they're in a lot of ways. We play our cards in any number of ways, and they say in response, or we say in <laughs> response, and we, right. we lay it out there. And sometimes it's not going to be great. We've all made these mistakes, but I do agree, and I do think it is important to note. And, um, you know, no one's doing this to sit here and just blow smoke up someone's butt, but, like, right. there are is a, there is a spectrum of companies out there and there's a spectrum of hobby companies as well. You know, let's not even yeah. get into the gaming industry, one that I'm deeply involved in and how much yeah. or little they're listening to you on that front, right? So right. I think, you know, let's definitely never take things for granted. But it's also, let's not, you know, let's not let things slide if they shouldn't. Now is especially not the time for that. And, right. you know, looking forward and into the future, this is going to bring us to our sort of last topic of the day. I think 2020 is just going to be the defining year of everyone's life <laughs> in this generation <laughs> and for a couple of generations below us as well and above us even. Yeah. There's a lot that's changing in the world moving forward. I'm, how are you, Prof, just generally feeling about the state of hobbies and games and board games and person-to-person interaction moving forward? It's more important now than ever 
but it's also something that if I'm being completely honest with you, I, I have struggled with a lot of uh, uh, depression over because I, I don't, I don't know how long this tunnel that we're currently in will be. And I both understand how vital the gathering, as we like to say right. in magic, is. But I also am am very, very, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of people saying, hey, you review uh, uh, deck boxes for physical cards. Are our, 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 our physical games going away? Uh, is, you know, how can I have my, I can't have my friends over to play Catan anymore. And, and I have been, there have been times where I feel we're going to get through this. And then there's other times where I feel maybe things are going to never be the same again and are going to change. Mm -hmm. And I just have to stick again, going back to that idea of my gut review, which is that people are, are, are what makes the games matter. And right. our community is what makes it matter. I've been so bowled over by all the footage of everybody playing webcam games, getting command. Like Commander isn't on Arena, and and it's not that great on Magic Online, and it's still mm -hmm. the most popular way to 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 play Magic currently. And people are just tilt that webcam down and let's let's Skype in with a bunch of friends or get a Discord going. Yep. And and that sort of stuff gives me hope. That sort of stuff makes me feel like yeah, you know, we're gonna keep keep playing and we're gonna keep our community strong and such, but you know, we're all struggling. We're all in this together. I, I really hope we will all be together again. I hope so as well. Um, and you know, both of us have frequented the same local game store up in San Fran for a while. We love, you know, that experience. Yep. I would drive six hours from LA just to go to a game store up there because I love the community there and I love the owner right, so much. Would. So yeah. yeah. So, you know, as sort of an ending point here to the episode before we go to the listeners, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the world right now? Are there any creators in the in the community? We we just talked about a few of them. Uh, like Princess, that, that you you think are up and coming, that are exciting you, stuff that we can look forward to instead of sort of the glum, the glumness that, that can surround all of the world right now. Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say support creators right now. I, I mentioned also that like if you're looking for awesome uh, uh, Twitch gameplay that uh, uh, John Roberts, uh, uh, J-Dubs is, is awesome. I especially like as a, a brewer that he does his own lists and cool. uh, let's try and get him partnered on Twitch. How about that for a community hey, goal? I, I, I love I, I that. I want to say this because he's not currently partnered on Twitch and he, he he gets like, you know, he's one of those mid-level streamers and and I really think he deserves a lot more attention. I was really glad to have him on, on the program, but I, I was shocked. I didn't even know it. I would have brought it up in the episode I assumed he was partnered on Twitch and he's not. Wow. And he really should be. And I think that what, what he, especially, we all feel, especially on Arena, that everybody's playing the same deck. And this is a guy out there who is not playing the same deck and works really hard to show tips with the audience and uh, uh, guides and strategy with the audience to be able to make different types of decks work. You should see his Selesnia Counters deck that he was just talking about. But every day he seems to be posting on his Twitter a new and exciting you know deck to check out. Let's Let's make it a community goal here. Uh, and and I, again, there's so many different creators. I, I, it's just I, I had just worked with him, so it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, definitely. And I was shocked to learn he's not partnered on Twitch. Let's make it a community goal to get this guy partnered on Twitch. Why not? 
I love that. All right. We'll, we'll yeah. make sure to include links to everyone that we've talked about, everything that we've talked about in the show notes below. Um, to the listeners, you know, we didn't talk about much about Magic, the card game today, but the gathering part of it is something that certainly has shaped our lives and molds it. So let us know, you know, us here at the Command Zone, Prof as well, what you're feeling, you know, these days in the comments, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook. Let us know how Magic is still a part of your life, even if it isn't as prominent as it was before. We would love to hear from everyone on the community. And as for this conversation series, this is the first time I've tried it. I would love to talk to more people in the community. So if you have someone that you think we should elevate as well, let us know in the comments below. And before we get out of it, of course, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That is your place to go. If you still want to get those physical magic cards or even any of the accoutrement that goes along with it or some of the new sealed product <laughs> coming out, because check it out. Cracking booster boxes is still just as fun as it was a couple of years ago. Trust me. I've done it myself over the pandemic in a, in a fit of boredom, and I loved it just all the same. So please visit cardkingdom.com slash command zone for your singles, magic cards, all that stuff. You're going to buy it anyway. Support the show while you do so. And, of course, Ultra Pro. Big sponsor of the podcast as well. I always have an Ultra Pro Perforos playmat or something red-related around me because it does remind me of who I am as a player. And Ultra Pro is the kind of company that makes products that let you establish your identity in the magic world as well. Anytime you're buying Ultra Pro products, you're also supporting the podcast. Okay, moving on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Prof, I'm going to give you an opportunity if you have something out there to, to talk about. Let me know. I'm always five years behind on everything. Like I get into a game and when I started saying, oh my God, you guys, have you checked out this game called Skyrim? People are like, that was five years ago or a TV show. Oh my goodness, Breaking Bad. I just watched the first season and they're like, that ended four years ago. Oh my gosh. Uh, 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 that's me. I'm always on a delay. And so yet again, I'm on a delay. I have a bit of an excuse this time with my end step item that I'm on the delay about, but I just got obsessed with Hamilton thanks ah. to Disney Plus. And, and so the, bit of the excuse is that a lot of other people are obsessed with it for the first time since they weren't able to go see it in production and Me I too. had never listened to the soundtrack and I put it on I'm like all right Hamilton, it's on Disney Plus. Let's see what all the fuss is about. And it took me a minute. I'm going to be honest with you. I, at first, thought it was like almost a, a Simpsons parody of theater, the way it opened up. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is like, you know, Planet of the Apes, the musical, <laughs> where it's just like, stop. Dr. Zayas, you know, Dr. Zayas. It was, it's, well, but because, you know, musicals, Broadway musicals do have a certain, like, tone to yep. them that, that, that can be a little silly yeah. and it was just starting out it's just like i'm alexander hamilton and i was just like oh my god uh and then it and it took me a minute and it was right around the time that like i think king george showed up and i just was like i get it now and i'm enjoying what they're doing and by the end i was so hooked that I did two things. First is, is I rewatched it the next day and loved every minute of it from yeah. start after I had no longer been cynical of it. But then I went and I checked out because it was the closest thing I could come to. Another thing I hadn't seen, and this is maybe going back 10 years, I think, but it was the Paul Giamatti, John Adams series, that miniseries that HBO, HBO did. HBO, right. Right. And, and, and I was like, I was like, okay, now this is what I'm into, I guess. So let's watch this, this John Adams thing. Oh my God. It was boring. It was so boring. <laughs> there was no rapping. There was hardly little dance. No uh, one sang. It was just like, I was just like, where's the, you know, Thomas Jefferson did not come out, you know, singing a song. Yeah. Very boring, very dry, very stale, uh, very depressing too. It was just very dour and, and just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like what it, it ends with him dying. 
dying and misery uh, and 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 you know being an obscure you know unthought about president that nobody liked and uh, yeah Hamilton's much more fun watch Hamilton yeah I, I would concur with you there actually it's funny because my friends similarly after watching Hamilton and listening to it went on sort of an American president binge started reading yeah. all the biographies of the presidents as well because he just thought it was so fascinating that he knew almost nothing about this period of American history Yes, yes. It's it's. Uh, I think Hamilton is doing something very, very special. And uh, I, I had a lot of uh, extensive conversations with my wife and a few friends about my interpretation of just what the actual meaning beyond really awesome dance right. and song numbers was. And that was when I I did watch the John Adams thing. I I just asked, what's their point with this? <laughs> like like what's what's you got to have some kind of point to it. Hamilton had a point. Yeah. It, it, maybe there are many points. Maybe we as viewers and interpret different points but the john adams thing was just dull no offense to any john adams fans out there or but, paul giamatti know. fans of course right um, right you yes. know if, if anything watching hamilton is a master class in watching how one person limuel manuel miranda is just the goat as far as i can yes. tell yes it's insane the amount of work he put into it, and it's also crazy the amount of talent he surrounded himself with there and, and got to work on this project. So really fascinating stuff. Definitely loved it. Definitely worth checking out. All right. Thank you so much, Prof. Where can people find you online if they want to engage further or follow your content? YouTube. Go to YouTube, Tularian Community College. Just type it in. Just skim through the old videos. Just That's where I am. I do product reviews. I do deck texts. I do skits in the before times when people could be here with me. I rant to the camera. I, I, I did a Pokemon video. Oh. Uh, I'm going to be talking with some Yu-Gi-Oh players in, in, in a few weeks. Uh, 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 there's some other cool stuff. Jimmy's in some episodes. Indeed. Josh is in some episodes. Come check it out. Tularian Community College on YouTube. Not to mention, you may have what we now have now got the breaking news on the spiciest well, card reveal you've ever done oh oh you 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 know what my card reveal is i don't yes, know what it yes. is but i know that you've teased it and i'm looking forward oh, to seeing oh, what no happens. no i i, I the, the the skit yes i have a bit of a spicy skit excellent, involved excellent. for it we'll see we'll see how that goes we'll see maybe i'll tone it down we'll <laughs> awesome well we'll also include the links as below as always everyone and of course on our cleanup step a big thank you to our team here at the command zone our editing graphics and logistics team of craig blanchett ashlyn rose the lady danger manson lung josh murphy jake boss alfred Desaka, and sam waldo and special thanks, Jeffrey Palmer, who's making the living card animations that live behind us here on set, as well as opening and ending a lot of our episodes on the Command Zone podcast. You can find them on Twitter at livingcardsmtgprof. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for, for being the person that you are and for letting your thoughts be known in a nice, unfiltered, and very raw and real way and genuine way. I think a lot of people out there appreciate that these days. Thank you for having me on, Jimmy, and thanks to you and Josh for all the years of both friendship and support. It's been one of the most consistently positive experiences just <laughs> getting to know and work with you guys, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Well, right back at you, and of course, many more years to come. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.